Mayfly, an audiobook project written and narrated by Ray Fletcher. Chapter 12 She heard sirens passing on the highway. They were out past the city limits, but maybe the boom was big enough that it would take more than the local volunteer fire department. It sounded like a lot of them. There'd be police and ambulances and all of that. They grew less frequent. She searched for a flashlight and turned off the car. It wasn't long until dawn, and gas money wasn't going to do much good when there was no station nearby. She sat in the driver's seat and shivered, telling herself it was only the cold, and definitely not terror. Marianne. It was so faint she thought it was her imagination. When it came again, she shined the beam of light around the interior of the car, ready with her knife in case it was a bug that had survived. Nothing was there. Ash kept her car spotless. No place for anything to hide. Marianne, help. She emerged cautiously, knife at the ready. Under the pine boughs, there was a strange movement and a wet sound. The beam flashed over a pale face, smeared with red and soft brown hair. Ash! She ran to help her. The blood was from her stomach and leg. Marianne swallowed hard and helped her limp to the car. She felt so light. We'll get help, she thought of the screaming sirens. A doctor or something? Fee. Her eyes rolled up, wide and full of pain. There was so much blood. Marianne touched her hair softly, trying to make her feel better. She'd need a lot, but she'd stop. Marianne was sure of it. You can. I'll let you. She smiled, a wry little one. Bless. The trunk. Marianne found a cooler in the back and heaved it out. Ash needed help to sit up, leaning against the side of the car. She pawed weakly at the plastic lid. Marianne pulled it off, feeling a wave of cold from the cooling packs inside, surrounding bags full of red. Don't look. Is it dangerous? Please. Ash's expression wasn't worried. He was desperately ashamed. Marianne wanted to protest. She didn't care. It wouldn't bother her. She would prove it. I'll go keep watch. She went down to the bend in the road, where she could see both the car and, more distantly, the highway. It was a narrow, two-lane highway, but it was the only route west and even at night the traffic was steady. In between the rushing of cars, the roar of the big trucks, and the now sporadic sirens, the sounds of Ash's feeding reached her. It was a low, wet growling, interspersed with the hollow sound of the cooler being manhandled. It didn't sound human. Is this what I'm okay with? Is this better than what I was doing? The sounds trailed off. Without any directions, Marianne decided it would be safe, or Ash wouldn't mind, anyway. There were scores in the dirt where Ash had scrambled for the bags. They were scattered around her like the remains of a Twinkie binge. She was laying down, and only lifted her head when Marianne approached, slowly returning to her place against the car. Marianne retrieved the overturned cooler, collecting up the empty bags, tucking them away beside the few full ones that remained. She guessed that Ash had drunk all she needed. Marianne crouched down. The little circle of light showed her flesh beneath her ragged clothes, bloody but completely whole. 
Back to good? Ash nodded. I'm sorry. She wiped her face clumsily. Not completely back to good, then. Marianne sat down beside her and clicked off the light. It was okay now that she wasn't alone. It's cool. I've seen worse. I know what you saw. Her voice was hollow, but there was something else, too, like she was impressed. Marianne's mind flashed back to the house. It was pretty shitty. So it was. Maybe because she was tired, or maybe because she'd been hurt so bad, but her accent was coming out. But you kicked its ass. We did, yeah. We're safe? From those beasties, anyway. The thing that was here sort of fell apart, so I thought it might be like that, that you got rid of it. Something was here? Marianne nodded. It was speaking to me. Sometimes it sounded like him. We'll be careful. Best you stay clear of him. Her voice was slowing. With the light off, she saw how the trees were outlined with charcoal blue. I'm sorry, my girl. What do you need me to do? My time to sleep. I can take you home. She insisted on taking off her ruined clothes to spare the upholstery. She was too tired to change, though, even fumbling with the blanket she tried to wrap herself in. Marianne bit her lip, then helped her with it, tucking it around her carefully. Ash cuddled into it. Forgive me for the fuss, she said, while Marianne opened the door for her. I wouldn't want to damage this car, either. Marianne decided that Ash didn't need to know how close she'd come to wrapping it around a tree. When they got Ash into the house and to her bed, she sighed, sinking into sleep. Or not quite sleep. Marianne couldn't put her finger on the difference. Stillness, maybe. People moved, even when they were sleeping. Ash was like a painting. Pre-Raphaelite. Waterhouse. Some strain of romantic, dreamy lady. Pale women who all looked like death was around the corner. But Ash was death, not dying. Marianne pulled a sheet up around her. It seemed like a normal thing to do. And there were sheets, after all so she must use them. She sat on the edge of the bed. After a moment, she lay down and put her arms around her. It felt like there was no solid ground anymore. If she didn't keep running, she was going to fall. Hunger woke her up. Ash was still asleep, so Marianne poked through the silent kitchen, finding the odds and ends of food, like you'd expect if someone ate what tasted good instead of what you needed to live. Her stomach rumbled. Her borrowed toothbrush was in the cup exactly where she'd left it. For some reason, it made her feel warm. After a quick freshening up, she took the car to get something real to eat. There was no answer when she called home. She wasn't sure if staying over at Charlene's was going to cut it as an excuse whenever she made it back. She thought briefly of returning to nap with Ash, and the yearning to stay was nearly physical. The blanket and couch were close enough, strung between leaving and staying. Afternoon TV turned into evening TV. She flipped through stations until she landed on the local news. It was showing the wasteland of the house. The camera panned over smoldering remains. It was maybe a depression where the hole had been. The truck was just a frame. Whatever Ash had done, it had obliterated the house, changed the contoured landscape, and left nothing behind. Fuck you.
That's what you get for coming to our world. She heard the sound of water. Her heart beat faster, but it was nothing to do with fear, no matter what she tried to tell herself. Marianne's eyes remained blindly on the TV, intent on the sound of the shower and the rustle of dressing. Imagining. Thinking of her drying off, pulling on her jeans, covering her pale skin with silk. Does it serve? Ash leaned over the back of the sofa. She was her tidy self, the black blouse stark against her skin. She'd fed, but maybe that was all gone to the wound healing. It's fucking awesome. Ash smiled. It's been a long time since I woke to a friendly face. Her eyes were deliberately on the screen. Marianne looked back at it, too. I'm sorry, I borrowed your car for food. Peanut butter and jam. It's cheap. So are burgers. Come, my girl. Let's go for a ride. Shouldn't we hunt? Not every night. That way lay madness. She held out the keys. You can drive. She allowed herself to caress the wheel before they left, getting comfortable in the leather seat. The rumble of the engine made her smile. Marianne took them to a shitty-looking plywood shack beside the elementary school. There was a line ten deep at the order window because it had the best burgers and fries and a dozen or so milkshake flavors. The sun had vanished fast, but it was summer in the north. Dusk took all night to slide into twilight. Ash put the top down and turned on the radio. They ate, watching the sky turn into the sharp blue of night. Damp, cool air crept out from under the trees. The cook turned on a mosquito zapper. It sparked and snapped enthusiastically. I should be eaten alive. Ash looked smug. They don't like you? So I learned. Competition. Ash laughed, light and surprised. Marianne searched the sky for the first star, to wish on it. She wondered if she'd be able to see Orion or the Dipper, something familiar. I don't mind all that. It's a bit embarrassing, turning beast so. Do you lose control? Ash tilted her seat back a little. Her finger traced the splash of color on her milkshake cup. In the days after I became... became, I didn't understand. You know, good, godly girl that I was. I thought I must have become something from the devil himself. Forever out of the light of goodness. Daylight. That sort of thing. I thought I must kill. I thought if I didn't, they'd become too. Since I discovered differently, I'm as meticulous as can be. Then it doesn't matter, right? There was a long silence. Marianne kept her face as still as she could determined to prove herself. If I said I chose it? You, did you have a reason? I did. You hunt evil things, so... So? So. You want to do good, just like everyone else. Like a mosquito. A parasite. No. Those things. Those things at that house. Those were parasites. You're no more a parasite than anyone who wears wool or drinks milk. Ash finally moved, tossing their garbage into the can beside the car. Let's drive. Where? You have the wheel. Wherever you want. The headlights tunneled into the dark. She drove south, feeling the car eager to go faster. 
She had to remind herself of the speed traps that the truckers coming through always warned each other about, because she wanted to step on the gas and open the car up the way it was meant to run. Between the sparse little towns, they were suspended in a peaceful, unknowable dark, into which all of her worries evaporated, and there was only the car, and the dashboard light, and ash, and the thin songs from the radio. I know this one, she said, and Ash turned it up, white fingers tapping in time to the music. It's old, right? I think my parents had the record. She knew they did. She remembered watching the record spin, nose full of the smell of the dusty record player. Her mom's voice floated from the kitchen, a beat or two off. Maybe that memory should have hurt, but she started humming along instead. The landscape had already begun to change by the time they made the third town over. The horizon pulled away from the highway, stretching the sky out wide above fields of yellow grass. There was a big rodeo here, she knew, though she'd never been to it. Her parents weren't rodeo types, and after her dad died, there weren't any vacations at all. How much would it change if they just kept driving, if Ash would take her? The eagles came on the radio. She pulled into a rest stop, looking over the town. Ash put the top down again, and they tilted the seats back. God, there were so many stars, and they were so beautiful. Ash kicked off her boots and put her feet up, wiggling her toes in an action so human that Marianne could forget all the vampire stuff. You've been alone a long time. Easier, you know. Not better. No, not better. In the beginning, I was learning to search them out the beasties. Then I became, and I was such a beast myself. Then it was hunting. Invisible war. Wars, Ash corrected. And there was no one to hunt with you? My kind don't half love. To love and lose is a hard road. Have, have you? Not often, but well. Sounds lonely. Sounds wonderful. You know, to feel something like that. Terrible to lose it. It sounds... I guess that's what life is. Wonderful and awful. The radio played on. Her heart beat faster. She wondered. Marianne. Asha's voice was wistful. Marianne kept her eyes on the sky, but she wasn't looking at it anymore. Her every sense was locked on her hand, finding Ashes, The feel of it and the way Ash squeezed in response melted whatever fear and confusion remained. She crawled over the gear shift, straddling Ash. It was so hard to breathe, and she could barely meet her eyes. Her hands rested on Ash's stomach, feeling the silk slide over her skin. Smooth and cool and wonderful. Your lad. It might have been meant as a protest. If so, it was a weak one. Her hand touched Marianne's cheek. Marianne lost her soul the moment she saw the look in her eyes. No one had ever looked at her like that. Fuck him. Marianne kissed her, cradling her face, afraid she might move away. Instead, she felt Ash's arms close around her, and everywhere she touched was electric. She might look like marble, but she was giving flesh, and her mouth was hot and sweet. Marianne leaned back, barely able to break the kiss even for breath. Ash's hands were under her shirt, leaving lines of fire behind them. Marianne unbuttoned her blouse, exposing more of her smooth skin. There were embroidered roses around the edges of her bra. 
Marianne traced one with her finger, seeing Ash shiver. Ash covered her hand, showing her what she wanted. Marianne's eyes slid closed, lost in her exploration, smiling at the soft moans she was creating. Cool air brushed her back as Ash lifted her t-shirt and she sat up, pulling it off. Ash's fingers slid under the sports bra, peeling it up gently. Marianne braced herself against the roughness to come. Ash drew her down and took a nipple into her mouth. Her lips, her tongue, her hands were hungry but gentle, teasing sounds from Marianne that she'd never made, surprise and pleasure that came effortlessly. Her hands slid over dark brown hair, holding her close. Ash, do you like it? Her lips brushed over Marianne's skin as she spoke. Shivers spread from the coolness, the warmth, the touch of her tongue. Yes. Please. The night air and the teasing wetness of her mouth as she moved from one breast to the other drove Marianne crazy. She braced one hand against the seat, the other exploring Ash's body whenever she could form a logical thought. She felt her jeans being opened, then soft fingers. Ash smiled up at her. You're so wet. She started to look away, embarrassed, but Ash kissed her before she could. Her fingers slipped delicately into her, only just touching her, and Marianne came, shuddering. Sorry, she mumbled, when she could think again. Why would you apologize for something as sweet as this? It was pretty fast. It was perfect. She teased again, slow, deliberate, knowing, until Marianne had to drive against them, spinning into another orgasm. She collapsed against her shoulder. Oh, Hmm. Ash's hand withdrew. Marianne opened her eyes to see Ash licking her fingers. Weird. What? But, I, I mean, isn't it? She trailed off. Ash touched her cheek, thumb brushing over her lips. Isn't it delicious? That's what you meant to say, yeah? I heard it was gross. From the boy. Marianne felt the blush rise in her face. Fucking Bobby who explained to wide-eyed stupid her when they started making out that women tasted gross because it was all exposed, like old swamp water. But men tasted great because something's something diets. It wasn't like the sex ed books explained anything like that, and eavesdropping in the girls' change room made it seem right. Smooth fingers trailed down her spine. I only like things that taste good. Ash! She kissed her softly. Probably likes shite beer, too. Olson, she offered absently. There you are, then. No appreciation for the finest things. Cool air made its way under her jeans. Ash's hand fitted itself against Marianne's ass. No grasping, just a caress. Marianne's breath caught. She couldn't think of anything for the moment but that. And her. We need to drive back. You're gone too long from your ma. I don't want to leave. She teased Ash's nipple with her fingertip, just barely touching it, earning a moan. The light will catch us, my darling, but we'll find the dark again. The sky was graying by the time Ash dropped her off, growing even lighter as they kissed goodbye. Marianne felt like she was floating as she walked home. She discarded her clothes on the floor, crawling into bed. As soon as the silence settled around her, all of the sensations came flooding back. With a moan, she reached between her legs, lost in bliss.
When she finally dragged herself out of bed, her mom was sitting at the kitchen table, sifting through bills. Marianne braced for a comment, but her mom only glanced up. How are you feeling? Just a little sleepy. That'll happen. Hey, that isn't good for you. Marianne stirred sugar into her coffee. Probably not. I made a doctor's appointment for tomorrow at three. Ah, okay, cool. She'd need the car, then. Do you need a little money? Mark finally paid me for working that concession at the drag races. No, it's fine. It'll be good for you to have a little time with Charlene. Especially now, before things get crazy. She wondered where her mom's newfound generosity was coming from. Yeah, the two-jobs thing is gonna suck. She searched through the pile of papers on the counter for the training schedule, but couldn't find it. She couldn't have missed a shift. Her mom would have chewed her out by now. Well, we'll talk about that. I think I still have an inn at the mill, so things might be a bit easier then. Anyway, don't you think you should hurry? She said two o'clock at the mall, didn't she? When she thought of the messages she hadn't looked at. Shit. She showered and did her makeup in a rush. Her mom left while she was fishing under the bed for her bag of new clothes. She pulled on the fancy underwear with a feeling of ceremony, then the nicest t-shirt she'd bought, and jeans, because that's what she had. Ash kissed me. Ash liked it. I liked it. She spent a moment thinking about it, the drive. She wished she was back in the car, nothing but ash and the sound of the engine, and Fleetwood Mac on the radio. More than a minute, then. She was late, jog-walking through the food court. Maybe she should have taken her mom up on the offer of money. The smell of freshly grilled hamburgers was driving her crazy. Their usual meeting spot was near one of the back entrances of the mall. It was deserted when she got there. She leaned against the wall, quickly wishing she had a book, or better yet, a hunt. The unformed beasts seemed to be nocturnal, and the slithering things were gone. Ash said they were gone, and she'd watched the disintegration of the bug monster herself. Maybe other things moved around in the daylight. She could take care of those. Was it the sun? She should ask. Maybe Ash could move around underground, even during the day. After half an hour, hunger won out over patience. She abandoned her weight and used some of her precious hoard of money to get a burger, extra pickles, inhaling it almost as soon as she sat down. Immediately, she felt more charitable toward Charlene. Something had probably come up. Or maybe her mom got the information wrong. Anyway, she got a burger out of the day. She was already here, so she could window shop a bit. Eventually, the lure of new music drew her to the record store. Her Christmas present had been practical clothes for school. It was something. Ironic, maybe. Her mom had IOU'd on her birthday, though, and Smashing Pumpkins had a new album. She was bobbing along with it, trying to decide if they were still good when she saw Charlene through the window of the store across the way. She took off the bulky headphones and grabbed her bag. There was still time to get some fun in before she had to go. When she straightened, she froze. Bobby was laughing with Charlene, easy and careless. Charlene had always acted kind of nervous around him before, because of her crush. All of that was gone. The way they leaned together made them really look like a couple. Maybe they should be. Maybe they could be now. When she prodded her feelings, she came up empty. The jealousy she expected was non-existent. Anyway, you cheated. All he's doing is hanging out at the mall. At least if she didn't count the rumors. Candace from math class, Jen from P.E., 
Those were only ever stories, passed along like a game of telephone. She didn't really feel like joining them as some awkward third wheel. They disappeared deeper into their store and she left, making a beeline toward the bus stop. By the time the sun went down, she was waiting outside Ash's house. Like a puppy, but she didn't care. When the door opened, she stood up from the stairs. Ash was wearing a rumpled t-shirt and sweats, and her braid was a little frayed from sleep. Marianne wondered how she could rumple when she didn't move. She didn't wonder for long. Marianne kissed her, or they kissed each other, and it wiped her mind of anything else. Morning, she said. So to speak. Ash's eyes were bright and warm, no matter how cool the hands resting low on her back, lightly possessive. Marianne took a deep breath and let herself be long. Nothing new to report. Boring day. My poor hunter. The house was cool and dim. Ash turned on a lamp and the TV, probably for Marianne's benefit. The news was on and they were talking about the explosion. They'd discovered it was linked to a theft at a mining company. No clue why someone would want to blow up the house of a salesman and a dentist. Are you safe? I took care of things. No one said anything about holes or bugs or leeches. However post-apocalyptic the landscape was, she didn't feel bad. Nothing good was left alive there by the time the bomb went off. Did you get hurt in the explosion? Only after one of those things jumped on me. A leech thing? Ash nodded. She rubbed her arms, and Marianne knew exactly what she was thinking, because she wanted to do it too any time she thought of them. She touched her shoulder. Ash reached for her, and they shifted and adjusted each other until they were settled comfortably. Ash curled a bit of Marianne's hair around her finger. There are more to hunt. We'll find them, Ash said, with no room in her voice for doubt. Can we kill him? I've tried before. Alone? Well, Marianne smiled. You aren't alone now. I'm here. She turned. Ash's cheek was so smooth under her fingers. I'll help you. We can do it together. Can we now? Marianne giggled. Oh God, I sound like an idiot. Ash touched her mouth. Marianne's lips parted and she sucked gently at her fingers. Ash's eyes were intent. I'm old, Marianne. So? You don't look old. Marianne turned over, sitting on her. Ash's hands settled on her hips. She couldn't help a little grind, feeling a rush of pleasure at Ash's appreciative smile. You know why I don't. If we wait for me to be your age, I don't think I'll be this hot bit of tail anymore. She wasn't good at flirting talk. Ash didn't look like she minded. Marianne, I was old enough to make a bad choice to keep fucking a guy when I didn't really care about him anymore. Why aren't I old enough to make a good choice and sleep with you? Are you sure I'm a good choice? You're my choice. Ash moaned and sat up quickly, red lips crushing against Marianne's mouth. She felt a swift, sweet pain and tasted blood. I'm sore. Marianne kissed her again, surging with joy when Ash pulled her close was a twist in her heart and a direct line down between her legs. Without relinquishing her hold, Ash stood up. Marianne wrapped her arms and legs around her, mouth against the soft skin of her neck. We're going to bed. She's taking me to bed. Ash took her to bed. Whatever she didn't know, Ash showed her. Holy shit. Ash smiled and stretched like a satisfied cat, hands splayed over Marianne's stomach. My blushes? I... Didn't, she squirmed, slowly, 
because Ash had left her feeling boneless and languid. God, the sheets were soaked. You were right, it was... Delicious? Her lips skimmed over her cheek. When she couldn't answer, even though they both knew what it would be, Ash just kissed her. Marianne's hand smoothed down her braid. I didn't think I was... gay. I mean, I fucked Bobby, and he was playing me, that guy. Some people like both. He played with your desire, as he played with your mind. It was part of his game. Don't judge yourself by it. It was never like this with Bobby. Her hands fluttered down Ash's chest and stomach. She was beautiful to look at, to touch, to taste. Marianne ducked her head. You aren't hairy. I like that. Ash laughed. Marianne watched her easy grace. Now that she could admit it and she was there, she couldn't look away. Is this why I can call you? Because we feel like this? Ash considered. Marianne slipped the elastic from her braid and slowly untwisted the thick locks. The scent of her fancy shampoo filled the air. I don't know why I can hear you. Is it only when I'm scared? That would suck. I think it might be strong feelings. Like hunger? You haven't been so hungry since I've known you. Her hand skimmed down Marianne's body, making her shiver. I felt it when you laid down with me. Oh God, sorry. That was... I didn't mean to be a pervert. Not... She was trying not to laugh. Not that. It was nice. It was contentment. Happiness. Strong enough for me to feel. It was a bit weird, Ash knowing so much more about her than the other way around. Lifted honest eyes for you to see, and caught your hand against my cheek and breast. Marianne could barely hear. Her voice was so soft. There was so much in it that she felt like crying. Then Ash smiled, and Marianne hugged her as tightly as she could, content for some time, just with that. When she finally moved again, it was only enough to speak, lazily. We could use that, right? What are you thinking? If I went back, I could distract him, then call you in at the right time. She felt the sudden tension in her. It was excitement, eagerness. No, she said finally, subsiding. It's too dangerous for you. I'll not have you so close to him. I can do it. I'm not afraid to fight. I've fought him before. I've lost to him before. I won't lose you to him. She felt an embarrassed pleasure for being protected. And still, she could go herself, she thought. Ash would come when she was in danger anyway. I can see damn well that you're planning something. Maybe. Ash sighed. Then we'll plan together. Marianne was caught up in a tangle of excitement and fear. Later. Her hand moved down. Marianne pressed eagerly into her touch. Again? Ash laughed. The sweetest of challenges. Here endeth the chapter. Mayfly is an urban paranormal fantasy narrative project with a new chapter uploaded every two weeks until the novel is done or my vocal cords fall off. Subscribe to Patreon for early access and occasional exclusive content. 
For social media, blog posts, and links to other work, please visit www.houseofvie.com. That's houseofvie.com. For past chapters, a one-time donation to coffee is greatly appreciated. Music is White Horse on the Beach by Nature's Eye. It and other royalty-free media is available at pixabay.com. Thank you for listening. An audience is the greatest gift an artist can have.